0: Hey, I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. <laughs> what is up, ladies and gentlemen? I'm Josh Ivanov. He's Daniel Ortega. Welcome back to the Courtside Sound Up podcast once again. Um, listen. Listen. Big week, guys. Big big week. UFC 265, UVC Vegas 33. We got some, you know, we got. A, it's gonna be an MMA heavy week, that's for sure. Before we go ahead and get into the actual show itself, I want to talk to you guys about Rogue Energy. Amazing sponsor of the show, as always, Rogue Energy. Um, Rogue Energy is founded in January 2017 to be the best gaming drink in the world. The bid is a premium stack of the form of delicious energy and focus drink. It's designed to replace an healthy can energy drinks, coffee, and even traditional free workouts. Rogue Energy is sugar-free, and is loaded with vitamins, antioxidants, and nootropics. They designed Rogue Energy for the emerging professional competitive gaming market. It continues to have fantastic carryover and success as students, athletes, entrepreneurs, and anyone look, uh, looking to optimize their mental and physical performance. If you want 10% off your order, use the code SADOF at checkout. It's code off at checkout for 10% off of all your energy needs. Angel, last Saturday night, the UC Apex, Las Vegas, Nevada. We went into it saying this card on paper looks like potentially the worst card all year. And Angel, what did we
1: get? You know, you can make a you can make a case, right? Yeah, I think you could still make a case. It definitely was <laughs> not as bad as I thought it, it was going to be. There was there was it had its stuff to look forward to. It had its controversy. You know, it had it had a little bit of everything, right? Yeah for Sure, and, and in the end, not the worst card
0: of the year, there has been worse for sure. Um, but at the end of the day, man, not too many bouts of consequence. Obviously, the original co main event between Shamil Abdulihimov and Chris Dawkins fell out, and then they had a next, you know, a new co main event between you know, prospect Roman Kapilov and Sam Alvi, and that fell out. Uh, and then they had um, Lazaz Lazaz versus Nicholas Stalzi, and that fell out. Uh, and then they had uh, Ronnie Yayan, and Kang Yo Kang, and that fell out. So really, there was no real co-main event. Cheyenne Byers ended up getting her position in there, um, and we'll go over that fight in a moment. man, really, the only bout of real consequence on the card, the main, the main event, really. Uh, Sean Strickland, Uriah Hall. Going into it, there was a lot of talk about specifically um, Strickland, uh, his kind of weird banter going into it, um, mm-hmm. and then also Uriah um, coming on, you know. He on the come up, really, is his, his longest win streak of his UFC career. Um, and during that win streak, it included some really damn impressive names. Like I understand, like the bouts went the way they did. But Chris Weidman, on paper, great win. Anderson Silva, great win. Antonio Carlos Jr., great win. Beat Jocko not long before that. He gave a hell of a fight to Costa. So in you know going into the fight, he was obviously the underdog. But a lot of the talk was about him, bro. Not even close. Sean Strickland went out there and put it on this man for five straight rounds, winning 50-44, 49-46, and 50-45 on the judges scorecards. Did this change your outlook at all about both these guys, specifically um, in terms of Darius, kind of his limitations in the division, and Sean Strickland potentially being some sort of a title contender, actually, surprisingly, in this division?
1: I mean... I feel like the way where everything I know about these guys is still the same. I didn't take anything away from this, knowing anything more or anything less about either of these guys. I think I established everything that was done that night was something that I already knew. Uh, obviously, Sean Strickland, I was well aware of him. I remember I talked to you probably, what was it, when he came back, was it midway through last year, early last yeah. year? And I had mentioned, I'm like, this guy, this guy something. Keep an eye on this guy, and I had mentioned that. And obviously we knew that from the record, right? The record spoke for itself, but granted him coming back, making the weight change and finding the success that he did was, you know, was the other thing that uh, we, we, we knew what he was capable of, but then, you know, it, it obviously came to fruition now over the past year and he finds him now himself in a position with a fight that got announced not too long after his last fight. They were not going to get into a lot right now against Luke mm-hmm. Rockhold on a pay-per-view in MSG, which I mean that's already exciting in itself. So I mean that just shows the natural progression of his career. As far as Uriah Hall, man, I mean we talked about it, man, last year. I was when he moved into his gym and he stayed in there during COVID time. I'm like this is his last run. He's gonna have to do it, and I really had hopes for it. But at the same time, we we already knew those issues that Uriah had in the past with the mental. And we go into it, and you know we we already know this. We already know this. I, I just thought that it was gonna he was gonna be able to come through and and find some way to do it didn't end up happening but uh you know like i said i I, there's i don't think i could really take too much away from this because everything that happened that night is things that we had mentioned it was just a matter of how and when it was going to happen
0: yeah that's fair enough and and look i think part of this fight um i really think the story about it which i was shocked uh he really didn't mention it on commentary at all um really was the fact that uriah was one-eyed past the first round um, really even halfway through the first round, he he his entire eye was pretty much closed shut. And it only got worse throughout the course of the fight. And I'll give you Hall credit, man. This is a guy that like, like you said, the mental side of it, I don't want to say he was ever a quitter, because he definitely wasn't. He's he's a guy that always gave 110%, but sometimes the mental aspect wasn't entirely there. This dude was a warrior for five rounds, man. He couldn't see, you could tell he was gassed. And even in those latter rounds, round four, round five, he came out throwing bombs and credit to Sean Strickland for taking them, rolling with them and actually, you know, being able to get the win and stay in there. Um, Did it change my outlook on either one of these guys? I mean, to go ahead and echo the same thing. Not really. I think Sean Strickland is probably the it sounds weird. He's probably one of the worst matchups for Uriah Hall in that division. And I'm including guys like Izzy. I'm including guys like. Um, obviously Whitaker, so on and so forth, simply because, like, he's he's pressured 110%, man. Like, he he just always is moving forward, and that's a really bad style for your eye haul. Um, and that's even without the eye closing up really, really early. At the end of the day, good for him. He'll be fighting um, Luke Rockhold next. And uh, look, man, I mean, you can love him or hate him. He said some pretty controversial shit Um, that he, you know, look, whenever Deontay Wilder says he wants to kill a man in the ring, I don't believe him because Deontay Wilder is a sweetheart of a man outside the ring. You know what I mean? Like you never hear a bad thing about him. He took up boxing to go ahead and pay for like his daughter's medical bills, I believe, um, and so on and so forth. Right. Whenever, <laughs> whenever Sean Strickland says he wants to kill a man in the ring, it's got a different vibe. Um, but love him or hate him. Are you scared? Him, right? Yeah, he <laughs> is. He, he's he's a, he's he's out there. You know, um, <laughs> I think it'd be a fun interview, but I don't think I want to be friends with the guy. Um, <laughs> but at the end of the day, yeah, still uh, a great win by him. Uh, if they're I mean, the, the de facto co-made event of the evening, if we can go ahead and move on to that Cheyenne buys. I don't want to talk about the fight itself because it was so quick. It was such an amazing knockout. I will give her credit. She went from um, obviously being kind of I don't want to say clowned on, but kind of clowned on uh, for her fight against at Ruiz where, you know, she said, I'll follow you home, bitch, after being just completely 30-26. Um, and it was pretty ridiculous. But she follows it up with an amazing knockout over Gloria Paula, Huge head kick. Um, and then she gets on the mic and talks about the fact that she's broke. About how, um, you know, she's really put everything into the sport, and the sport has not really loved her back in the capacity in terms of financial rewardment. Um, Angel, man, what do you... We we never really surprisingly tackled fighter pay on the show, not really. I mean, it's it's a very popular subject in the MMA community, but we never really talked about it. What do you think about that whole situation? And then Dana White pretty much coming out shrugging it off, saying, "You know what? This is a sport where, uh, you know, if you don't win, it's a, it's really bad for you financially."
1: You know, I I in in life, when it comes to I I and even someone who. Well, complaints about their own pay, right? Like anybody who, who works in the workforce, right? Uh, when it comes to to money and pay, dude, it, it's such a a weird thing to talk about in my opinion, because I will always understand the business, right? Every business needs to profit. Every business needs to be able to make money in some capacity. Now, there is a the moment where clearly some some companies and and some organizations could definitely pay. You know their their workers and fighters or whoever it may be or whoever it is who's providing the service that we mention. Uh, you know and and obviously in, in fighting and, and in professional sports you know it, across all professional sports right and and I think a lot of times when it comes to UBC we kind of give them a lot of shit about this because I mean this is the UBC is what we would consider the the pinnacle right the pinnacle of of of, of MMA right of professional fighting. Uh, and to think that, you know, their fighters are having troubles or, or not making enough money or spending the majority of their money on their, on their camp. And they're having to, you know, take fights on short notice, or maybe fight our different weight classes at times or do whatever. I think that's why we try to be, you know, we're, we're kind of surprised, right? Cause when you think about it and at other high levels of whatever it may be, you don't hear about people you know, struggling with, you know, money in the, in the NFL, the NBA, or whatever it may be, and uh, it's it's a constant thing in, in 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 MMA that we hear that, or at least in the UFC, I should say, mainly. Uh, I mean, I'm sure it happens in other organizations where there's financial issues uh, of some sort. But uh, I think I think the whole argument and the whole worry comes from the fact that these people are, you know, quite literally putting their lives on the line, you know, for our entertainment, man. Uh, I think we seem to forget that at times, you know, at times we we forget that uh, these people are quite literally going out there and hurting themselves in, in 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 the best way possible, right? And uh, trying to entertain us. And sometimes they're being co- they're co- being compensated pretty well, right? You know, I'm not gonna lie, if they do win, mm-hmm. they they get a pretty good pay, you know, for a fight. They could be, you know, nine seconds or you know, a whole three minute fight, a uh, three round fight that might not be entertaining at all. It comes with a lot of uh, tiny things. I obviously am someone who would always support the fighters, right? I want the fighters to to live well, and uh, and obviously earn earn good money to be able to support themselves. I, I the the my whole thing is I always want the fighters to be able to live and live, you know, live enough, live live happy and well because that's that's important to to any any individual. Mm-hmm.
0: And I think you have a really good outlook on it. I think that um, as much as people try to Look, fighters should be be paid as much as they possibly can. Like, I firmly believe that. As much as a company can't afford to pay them without fully going out of business. I'm not talking about Affliction or anything. Because Affliction, I did, I actually watched like a full Affliction card back from like, you know, 20, what was it, 2008, I think. They paid their entire card, which... You know, I mean, they had some big names on there, but at the time, none of those guys were super big draws. They paid him something crazy, like 3.8 million combined, and I think Arlovsky got 1.5 million, and Fedor got a mil, and it was it was more than 3.8. I was definitely off on that number, but you you understand my point that I'm making here. And they, but those, but, those guys, guys were, were
1: making they, their right kind of money, though, to be honest. Yeah, but, oh
0: yeah, you know, they got made pretty much the boxing equivalent. They went out of business immediately because they couldn't sustain that. The UFC could legitimately pay that tor- sort of salary now. Um and they'd be completely fine. Like they can have fighters start instead of at a twelve for twelve, they can start them at a you know a thirty and thirty because they're that big of a corporation. This is not the UFC of two thousand and five anymore. So I think it's pretty ridiculous that, that fighters obviously only earn twenty percent of the cut. However, I also will acknowledge that this is different than the NBA and the NFL, where such as those guys earn fifty percent, forty nine percent, fifty two percent of the wages. It's different wherein that, um, you know, obviously, the UFC is a lot smaller. They also have a lot less money, and there's not – it's a lot easier to have, like, whenever there's teams involved, it's a lot easier to pay out that way as well. Um, So in in MMA, it's not any given – I don't know. I, and also performance bonuses and so on and so forth. So um, it's definitely a lot more hard of an argument that I think people will actually give a credence to. I think people are just like, oh, yeah, just pay fucking every fighter. Like, for example, um, who is who is the girl that recently made, like, a GoFundMe?
1: Was it Sarah Alpar, I think? I do not remember her name off the top of my no. head, Sally, but I know who you're talking about. Yeah, and I yeah. Think, she followed- and I think if you're listening to this, you probably know who it is at this point if you keep up with us.
0: Yeah, for sure. And and recently she had to put up a GoFundMe um, for, you know, to actually have a fight camp uh, because she just didn't have any cash and shout out Jake Paul for actually you know actually giving some money to that and I believe it was Sarah Alpar I don't I don't want to quote wrong but at the same time Sarah Alpar even if she were getting paid 30 and 30 rather than 12 for 12 she's had one what two fights in the last two and a half years like that's not even a living salary even if she was consistent so I think like there's definitely, and a lot of people just took that at face value of like, oh my God, you used to pays terrible. They do, but there's circumstances extenuating into that. Like Jake Paul was like, imagine if like an NBA rookie had to go out and, and do a GoFundMe. I'm like, well, if that NBA rookie was consistently hurt, was in and out of teams, you know, like there's there's stuff that you can't attach to another sport. You know what I mean?
1: Also, um, NBA rookie contracts work very different. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. And they get a lot more guaranteed money depending where they are picked in the draft. There's, there's a lot of factors. Like you say, there's a lot of factors when it comes to all of this. I think when I brought up those leagues and when a lot of people try to bring them up, they use them in the wrong way. Mm-hmm. At least for me, it's just an example of saying that is the peak level of that sport. And this is the peak level of this sport. And fighters are, you know, having this kind of trouble. You know, that's, that's I think that's the main point. At least I personally try to make.
0: Mhm. Yeah, and obviously, just like MMA is such a different sport than obviously those bigger leagues that we talked about. So I, I don't think the fighter pay argument is white and black as people like to portray it as. Yes, fighters should 100% be paid more. How much exactly? I don't know. I think that's a convoluted answer um, and a difficult one that people much smarter than me are going to have to deal with down the line. Um, at the end of the day, though, shout out Cheyenne buys. She did get that performance of the night bonus, and she did completely change her life. Because what? like she said she was negative in her account that's $100,000 like just out of out of nowhere so good, so good for her um and but at the same time Dana like I just made I think I made like a pretty good counter argument to the whole like fighters need to pay be paid much more money Dana had such a shitty argument back to that like just like he normally insults people but his argument this time was like you know what this is a sport where if you don't if you don't win it's bad for you. It's like – so you're insinuating that like it's financially bad for literally half of fighters. Like what a, what a shitty argument to make. Um, But regardless, man, as far as the rest of the card goes, to move aside from that fighter pay argument like that, that whole discussion that came up with Cheyenne Buys, what do you think of the rest of the fights in the card? Because there were some bangers in there. There were some not bangers I mean, in there.
1: But <laughs> I mean for what it was worth, man, I mean it, it had its good. It had its bad. I mean <laughs> – uh, I'm uh, you know the the Rafa Garcia. Chris, wait, what the fuck? That got overturned to a decision? Wasn't that a draw originally? Wait, what? The Chris. Uh, I could be looking. I could be thinking of the wrong fighter. I now.
0: think you're thinking of uh, Kai Kamara and Danny Chavez.
1: For some reason, I thought I thought the Rafa Garcia and Chris one also went to a draw.
0: Nah, I don't think so. Unless I'm completely did that get like,
1: overturned? Hold up, I'm gonna have to. Chris-
0: Mm. always won that fight. I'm pretty sure I, that was
1: always. I need to go happened. back. And, I need to go back and do some research because for some reason I could have sworn that ended up being an, in a draw. Because right. I'm, I'm gonna have to go back and do some research real quick later on during the day because I, I need to find that out again. If not, that's gonna mess with me. Regardless though, I mean, we'll continue on from that. I mean, Josh, he finally did it. This is Ruk Otishev. Oh man, he, he finally got his win uh my guy and let's go
0: ahead and let's give him some props here man because this is a fight i read also that like he he hurt um did he break his hand he did something he had some really bad injury and he went out there and ryan benoit is not he's not top 10 he's not fit top 15 this is a guy that's been in the uc since he's you know 18 fights in his career he's beaten some good names he knocked out sergio pettis for god's sake it's not some it's not some bum. you know what i mean and Zaru just went out there and outpointed the shit out of us, man. Like we like he, he showed us why we hyped him up so much, man. So, yeah, I'd i love to see that.
1: Let's go. Hopefully he comes back soon and fights again. And hopefully he finds himself to be more comfortable at the weight class. Uh but yeah, man, that was that was that was something. Good for him. Uh, dude, the, I mean, the fight started off real quick with the KO of Philip Rowe. I mean, did you expect that? Like, it was it was kind of a sudden thing. You know, I, I'll, I'll say this. Whenever you kind of, like, initially sit down to watch, right, you never know what you're going to expect, right? Especially opening fight of the night, even when you know the guy, at least for me personally. But sometimes you, you kind of sit down, and you're like, oh, shit, you know? Like, yeah, that just happened.
0: Yeah, I was not expecting that at all. I mean, I like Oro, uh, I mean, I don't want to pronounce the name wrong. Is it Orion?
1: Uh, and that's what it looks like.
0: Yeah, oh, Koshi. Yeah, really good dude. Really, really good. I believe his brother's also in the UFC and had a banger of a fight. I can't remember the guy's name that, like, he actually fought. But anyways, dude, dude has good blood. Him. Like, him and his brother are in the UFC currently. They're both pretty good. He was undefeated before this. And, dude, that was that was pretty nice by Philip Rowe. I did not see that coming at all. way to light up the card. But even then, beyond that, I mean, Jin Yu Fry, my girl, picking up a win um i will forever have an allegiance towards Yu fried no particular reason but like the fact that she's 36 like she's fighting a weight class up nor up the normal and she's won two fights in a row gotta give her some props man she might be in the top 15 soon i liked her she she did have a couple two rough fights Kay hansen loma looking b um in her first two which were tough but dude she seemed to have learned those lessons and she she pretty much just beat up on Ashley Oder, who's like I think like six inches taller than her, something crazy. Um, so good for her. i Kai Kamara, Kamaka, uh, and Danny Chavez went to a draw. Uh, Jared Gooden got a nice knockout. That was that was a nice good win for him, honestly, dude. Like he came on super short notice. Um, I believe he took that fight. i don't wanna be wrong. I think it was three days notice. It
1: came Man, out uh, there was multiple guys who came on to this card short notice, I'm pretty sure.
0: Yeah. A lot of guys. Uh, Jason Witt, Brian barber was a banger. Overall, not a bad card, just lacking in sort of the big names, really.
1: Hey, We could that, though.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, but moving on to this weekend, man. Also a card that does not have huge names. Obviously, it's much bigger than this random miscellaneous fight night. Um, not, But still, not, not a huge card in, in terms of that. But regardless, man, we can go in straight to the main event. Saturday night, Toyota Center, Houston, Texas. Derek Lewis, the Black Beast, making his homecoming. He's got the home field advantage. It's taking on the Frenchman Citadon. Um, Look, dude, this is about as of clear like it is. Very rare do we have fights like this clear. It's going to go this way or it's going to go that way. That's that's entirely this, bro. Uh, Derek Lewis is the UFC's knockout leader. Uh, he has 20 knockout wins of his 25 victories in his entire career, I believe. Um, he has 12 of those in the UFC, which is the record. And he's coming out four knockout wins in a row. Even off Ali Latifi, well, not, two of those weren't knockouts. I mean, uh, four knockouts, excuse me, four wins in a row, two of those knockouts. The last two, Olenek, Blades, both very good opposition. Both of them met the canvas. Um, Cyril Ghosn on the other hand, not, you know, a huge finisher. Uh, you know, three knockouts, three submissions, three decisions, perfectly balanced as all things should be. Um, <laughs> Whoa, but, <Thanos. laughs> I'm glad you like that but yeah man I mean look he's coming off of I mean I'd say probably the most I mean it wasn't particularly entertaining but the Volkov win is the most I've been impressed of the fighter in a long time Um, he just went out there and put it on Volkov who for my money before that I mean we both went into it Volkov looked the greatest he's been in his entire career and we thought before that he was the best technical striker of the division and Cedro gone went in there and just 50-45'd him, man. It wasn't he said, hold close. my
1: beer, hold my beer. It was that meme. <laughs> it, was, it was
0: that. It was that. I mean, like, look. And then before that, he he did the same thing to Rosenstrike. And Rosenstrike, he's very, very good in his own right. I mean, the, the Rosenstrike one was even more dominant. You know what I mean? And then he knocked out JDS, and he beat Tanner Bozer. He's another young prospect. And so on and so forth, man. Like, this is a guy, he's only nine fights in. He's trying to pull the wide men, get that title in his 10th fight, um... And we'll see what happens, man. As far as it goes heading into it, who are you leaning towards? I know you've, you've picked every single one of Derek Lewis's. I'm pretty sure, like, since we started the show, you have a never
1: picked... Can we fact uh, check that? We might have to I, go back and fact check it's,
0: that. It's, it's, it's a sound off fact,
1: which means... It's- you know, <laughs> this, wait, you know, you have this written down for a fact. I think we should... Dude, I wish we had a track record of how many times we picked a fighter.
0: Well, I wish we did keep track of that, but I do know in my head for a fact that since the show had started, which was March 2019 you have never picked against Derek lewis i
1: think i think we could probably excel spreadsheet that somehow
0: I, uh, that's a lot of work though we gotta get like a producer
1: <laughs> there'd be an easy way though to excel like spreadsheet that yeah. though easily especially since we only do the main of it, like co-main and main yeah. you know so it wouldn't be that hard but i'd love yeah. to have uh, i'd love to get someone to go back and like re-listen to some of our podcasts yeah. and be like this is how many times you guys pick this fighter i'm sure yeah. we could i'm sure it wouldn't take that long i mean we just have to skip forward early on in the podcast and and see what we pick i might go back and do some of that actually or at least for Certain cards. You know something, yeah. Josh? You just gave me an idea. Next time we have a, a specific fighter, I'm gonna go back and see how many times we picked that fighter when they were a co-main on a pay-per-view. it's a yeah. good idea.
0: Because the show's been going long enough for us to do that. Like
1: if we did this like three months
0: in, it would make sense. But now we've been going for two and a half years, so it makes sense. Um, yeah.
1: So but, so here here we go, man. I mean, let's let's get into it. Like you said, Josh, there is no other way to put this fight. You know, it's either gonna go this way or that way. It's either gonna be Cyril via decision or Derek Lewis via finish. I think the opening, uh, like initially when the betting odds came out, they had Searle by like a decent margin. I don't know if they tightened up since then, but mm-hmm. let me tell you this though, the MMA community has Derrick Lewis's back. Josh, have you been mm-hmm. listening to these podcasts, man? They they have Derrick Lewis's back. Like they 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 have laid out a, a like an incredibly good case mm-hmm. for Searle and why Searle should win. But when it comes to to picking the fighter, I've heard multiple uh or picking the fighter. I've heard multiple people pick Derek, man. Like it, it actually surprised me. I thought there was to be a lot more, a uh, Searle, picks amongst the, uh, the deep uh, favorite, you know, MMA community. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, man, Josh. You know, I, 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 I've I all this week, man. I, I've been going with my boys. I'm not gonna stop, man. I'm not gonna stop picking my guys. I'm not gonna stop picking them because I have faith in them. I'm picking the back least against Josh. He does it via knockout, fourth round finish. <laughs> Let's go, champ. Oh, Let's go, fourth champ. Fourth
0: round. Fourth round. That would be. Well, he's only had. He's never gone the distance. He's only gone to the fourth round once against Mark Hunt. Well, actually, I take the back against Shamil Duryehma. But that I got fight,
1: third or fourth yeah. round, and, and it's not gonna happen. And it's not going to happen ever. It's not going <laughs> to happen. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. No, it's not. Fair
0: enough, man. But look, I mean, look, I mean, as far as it goes, I've been pretty torn on this. I know that you mentioned the odds. I know whenever they came out, Cyril was a favorite, and it's only actually gotten wider. It's gotten, Really? It's gotten worse. Yeah. Um,
1: it you was know, it's just that Josh. Crazy. Josh. In the in the in the great works of, in the great words of Daryl Lewis. Excuse my French, but fuck them.
0: You know what's funny is, like, I watched... Did you watch the full press conference, or did you only watch that clip?
1: No, no, no. I saw the whole thing.
0: Yeah, and I remember thinking, like, he he didn't ask a bad question. Like, it's just... It was oh, no, fast, he did it. And then, like, he was like, excuse my French, but fuck you. Like, I'm like, whoa! Damn, it, there, You there know, was but, a, was, but it wasn't like...
1: It, it wasn't like an angry fuck. He was like, oh, man, fuck you, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, he's been on edge, though. He He tried really hard.
0: And I'm not sure he was trying to get into uh Cyril's head necessarily but he was definitely trying to like he got in his face a bunch of times at the weigh-ins at the press conference I feel like he's trying to throw him off a little bit man Derek Luce is normally doing... a very easygoing guy but you, you know let
1: me, let me tell you though I this, this is something I want to bring up quickly with you before you get you choose your pick and and we kind of yeah. and, and I didn't break down the fight a lot but you know you remember how I brought up like and and this is something I, I wanted to mention to you earlier. I wonder if Derek is always playing us a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, he's hard to read. Because, you know, he'll be like, you know, he'll talk about fire and be like, yeah, you know, I fucking, you know, I did my thing. You know, that's it. But I wonder if Derek really is like, I mean, like he's like, yeah, I want to be the champ. You know, like, you really, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like it's actually in there. And then the the moments and fights where, like, it looks like he's about to gas out and he looks like he's hurt. But then he like, out of nowhere, just fucking, you know, fakes him out yeah. or something. Like, I wonder if he's actually hurt. Or if he's actually tired, or it's all fake, you know, with his appearance and then his personality, it's hard to read. Like I don't know what Derek sometimes mm-hmm. if he's being serious, and I wonder if this is just another layer of it with all of that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that's possible as well. I don't think he has any beef with Cyrogon. I I don't think any. I don't think he, anything like that. I do think he is probably like doing it over the top. Um probably i'm not sure if it's to drum up more interest or to just to fuck with him like i <laughs> either one's possible for Derek lewis man um, that's what i'm
1: telling you it's it's a hard read on the man i he's, i he's very I, hard the more the more i've watched him the more i've gotten to hear him and the more interviews i'm I've, I've kind of like coming to the conclusion i'm like damn this book is actually kind of hard to read now that i think about it
0: no entirely i mean he's he's very hard to read um especially this fight week because he's been so out of character that like i think if it was not Derek lewis it'd be like oh damn they're really this guy's really getting out of his normal his normal funk man he's got to be like oh this guy's in his head or that or whatever because like he's he's been acting very out of character but at the same time Derek lewis is always kind of playing people to an extent so i don't know
1: that's what i'm saying yeah, it's like so. I, I, I don't know what to expect anymore i don't know what's real and what isn't i mean i know he keeps it 100 though but you know what i mean
0: yeah for sure and look it is what it is um it's definitely been a little bit weird watching a more angry Derek Lewis to an extent. Um, I don't want to put, I don't want to say angry, um, but you know, more on edge. I think is probably the way to put it. Um, that being said, though, man, I, I don't think it's gonna go Derek Lewis's way, man. I really do. Uh, I've, I've,
1: just, just you, just you, you fucking wait, for man. Just you fucking wait to see him get knocked out,
0: yeah. man. I, I'm not gonna dispute that happening not at all i
1: but, i remember this conversation with curtis Blades just so you know oh geez i wonder
0: if there's a massive difference between curtis fucking blades and Cyril gone like i wonder if there's a ma- I yeah, wonder yeah there a is a massive difference yeah there the is tribe. but i
1: remember you're saying word for word what you said originally in that in that talk
0: i'm sure i I mean i i I'm, i use really repetitive language but
1: like josh <laughs> um, is like it's not my fault i'm an idiot i It's, <laughs> kidding. Not, it's
0: not, not my fault I'm a dumbass bro but like I do think, like, there's there's a lot more difference between this and the Curtis Blades fight. Because oh, yeah, even yeah, the they're, Curtis
1: Blades fight, yeah. they're different. I mean, Derek Lewis too.
0: always loses until he wins, but that was another case of it. Like, Curtis, I don't know, man. I think, like, if he had literally, that was, like, a one-in-a-million shot. Because it's not, like, not one-in-a-million. Put the odds down. But you know what I'm saying? Like, that, I don't think Curtis Blades gets hit with that shot normally. For some reason, he just decided after mixing it up like that was the best his striking's ever looked he was throwing kicks to the legs he was doing a lot of body work like he was going to the head a lot he landed some hard shots man and then he's like fuck it let's do no technique and just (laughs) shoot from a mile out from a mile out and see what happens but um obviously that's besides the point for this fight because there's gonna be no takedown threat here this is gonna be a guy who is a lot taller not he's not a lot taller, but he has much better reach. he has one of the greatest coaches in MMA with ferdinand Lopez he has he literally has John Jones' reach like Cyril Gon fights how John Jones thinks he's gonna fight at heavyweight dude like he's very very long, but he's also fast he's agile he does have knockout power whenever he actually chooses to like you know put his you know lay into a guy you know what I mean he normally doesn't choose to do that. He just does a lot of stuff. He convert, uh you know what I mean. Like, um, conserves a lot for cardio purposes. Um, but whenever you decide to lay it on a guy, like Volkov, did not look great coming out of that fight. Like, um, he knocked out JDS. Um, I'm actually gonna go Ciragon, and I'm gonna go Ciragon via finish, man.
1: Okay, I think. But granted, though, to Josh, G- he hasn't knocked out JDS in recent time, though.
0: That's fair enough. I'll Josh, give you that.
1: Josh, I could knock out cheating. I was <laughs> <laughs> what's
0: Connor's quote Augusta, Augusta Winnie does the chicken dance like oh, it's, God. I, I do think Sirogan though and I'm actually going to go via finish I think this is going to be a fight where I don't think it's going to be very entertaining early um Wait, I think Sirogan a smart he's, thing dude this is a guy who's literally never lost he's undefeated across kickboxing he's undefeated across Muay Thai um he's undefeated in MMA obviously I think that he's faced much better strikers than Derek Lewis and I think he's going to stay out of the way I, I truly do um and I think he's just gonna drown him. I think he's probably gonna be very, very careful early, and I think he's gonna get the finish eventually. So, and then I mean,
1: probably fourth, fifth rounds. Let's talk about the, the the number of scenarios where this happens. Now, if Derek wins via submission, no, I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's just, go full no, bench, per, So basically, if you want to go ahead and crunch the numbers, okay, if you want like. <laughs> no, but the thing is, let's get into it a little bit more. If, if Derek does knock out Suro, would you be surprised? Like, let's no, say it's an early. No, no, no not at all. Let's, let's just say, you know. Early on, he's getting controlled, you know, uh, the pressure against defense, you know, clearly getting outstruck. Derek's able to circle out, maybe get some leg kicks in, maybe lands one body kick there. Cyril keeps his, Cyril starts fighting his range, he circles in and out. First round, Cyril, undisputedly, right? Mm-hmm. You know, no, nothing crazy, no crazy round, right? You know, Derek maybe kind of kept it close, but lost it near the end because he started getting pressure against defense. And, uh... You know he was a and then it's a second round. You know Derek comes out and fucking you know lands the haymaker somehow. We don't get into the details. So would you would you be surprised? Would you be kind of disappointed in Searle? or what would kind of be your well, perspective at that well, point?
0: I feel like I feel like you can't really do that though because you're going so much into hypotheticals to the point where, where it doesn't really matter. Like if, no, I would not be surprised if, if we're just going like if I
1: would I be surprised
0: at all in the slightest if Derek Lewis won? No, okay. because he's Derek Lewis thing. It's like.
1: He, he just comes out of nowhere He just,
0: He just comes out of nowhere. Like, and it's not even, like, the case What, what is the like, one
1: thing that would surprise you from this fight? Because that's the one thing I want to know. Because I feel like we already kind of have established what should happen, what can happen.
0: Russell Really? Yeah, if he Russell fucked him.
1: What, dude, you know, I think if he did that, you know what actually... Now that you mention that, you know what would impress me? Mm. If... If if Derek actually did good on the ground, which I know that's not that's not saying he's getting the submission or submitting him or or whatever, but actually looked decent in a ground exchange. You know what I mean? I you couldn't know, get taken not, down. As much as
0: we joke about the whole, you know, I I wish like sometimes I wish like I actually bothered to make YouTube videos, like make some sort of content, because I would love to do a breakdown like Derek Lewis purely on the ground. He's not bad on the ground. Like the joke is like he's the best blue belt or some bullshit, but the like. Best-
1: uh, anti-jiu-jitsu, yeah. Anti-wrestling, anti-wrestling,
0: Yeah, yeah. But he, and his whole thing is just standing up. But, like, I I encourage people to go watch the Olenek fight. To go watch the Olenek fight. Because he is not only defensively great against Alexi Olenek, who is a phenomenal, probably, I mean, what, he, he out-grappled Verdum in that fight, like, years ago. And Verdum was the best heavyweight before that. Now, that's watch Verdum, but still, the point being, he's arguably the greatest heavyweight grappler, at least right now, and in all time, for sure. Up, up in the legs, up in the rings. Um, And he did amazingly defensively, but also on offense. He landed a couple of sweeps. He was able to get to half guard, land some ground and pound, which ultimately ended the fight. Like, he's very good on the ground. So I would not be surprised at all if Derek Luce busted some things out. Like, if Cyril tried to take him down, he busted an old sweep or something. Like, I would not be surprised at all. So.
1: I mean, his ground pound was good. But, I mean, it's no surprise with a guy who has so much power, you know. <laughs> you know, him being above you and just laying fucking bombs on you. Yeah. <laughs> Also, he's a hard guy to submit, too, because he's just wide. Like, I remember, I wonder if we ever saw the, what was it, the the, uh, the aftermath of that, like, the post fight, like, when they had the, you know how they all have their interview afterwards. He talked about how Olenek uh, was trying to submit him, and he said that Olenek had him, and that, I forgot what choke it was, but he was there squeezing him. He's like, damn, that shit fucking hurt, man. Yeah. And uh, that at some point, Olenek says something in Russian, he obviously uh, he didn't know what it was, and let go of it. Because, cause, you know, fucking Derek's wide-necked, white body. You know, he couldn't, like, sink it in as well. Yeah. So just generally, he's a hard guy to submit as well. Just because of his body type. Yeah. I and mean, then, look, I mean, he's, he's underrated on the ground. I don't think the fight's going
0: to reach the mat, though. I think this is going to be purely stand-up. Like, I, I think it's just going to be really difficult, man. And I think he's going to do a lot of stuff. I think he's going to target the body a lot on Derek. Um just because Derek's offense upstairs is surprisingly competent. Um, I mean, we always think of, talk about him being swinging and banging and like, you know, he's always, he's, he's, he's very got wild, but, and he is for sure. But at the same time, it's like, he's very sound defensively upstairs. He's very good at minimizing damage, rolling a lot of shots, uh, and has a very high guard. But at the same time, that also leads to a lot of guys that have attacked the body so well. Travis Brown did it. He hurt him for not for doom. um, JDS did it very, very well. Uh, so many guys have attacked the body to great success against so Lewis to the point where I think I think that's probably where the finish is going to come from. I think God's going to probably hit him with something to the body and just flurry. Um, but, yeah, man, I, I'm very excited for it. It's about as close to 50-50 as you get in the way that, like, yeah, gone, like, hypothetically, should be the betting favorite, But Derek Lewis has that right hand every single time. And if I think if they ran this 100 times, maybe – you know, 47 of them. Derek Lewis wins via knockout, just because he's so like he's so powerful. Like he's he's definitely up there. Um, but Angel, my man, I think we spent enough time on the main event. Moving on down, this co-main event was supposed to be a fight between Juliana Pena and Amanda Nunez. That fell out, but dude, we got we got just as good of a fight. In fact, on paper, I'm a lot more excited for this one. Pedro Munoz, Jose Aldo Jr. Three rounds, bantamweight division, winner, I mean, God, you know, God willing, depending on how the Al- Aljo-Pirion situation goes, could potentially be next after a fight against, you know, ob- obviously TJ's going to get a shot, but you know what I'm saying, the potential next challenger after TJ, um, this fight could potentially produce that. Look, man, very interesting fight, never would have thought these guys would actually match up, just because Jose, moving down to bantamweight, has entirely revitalized his Career really. I mean, like up uh, the way, he was still good, right? Like he was still top five. You know, he mm-hmm. knocked out Hanana Moikano, knocked out Jeremy Stevens, whenever both those guys were really they were both top five at the time. Um he lost to Volk, but everybody loses to Volk. And since then he moved down, he lost on a fight to Marlon Marais, which everybody outside of two judges in Nevada thought he had won. Um and then he lost to Pierre Jam, but gave Pierre Jam the toughest fight of his career to date. I mean, he took multiple rounds, he did a lot of work to the legs. He beat Marlon Vera after that, so now we got a great fight between him and Pedro Munoz. Man, what do you think about this in the Coleman event?
1: I mean, what a, what a great fight, right? Like terribly, I think people who 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 maybe don't keep up a lot wouldn't think too much about it. Maybe look past it, like they're like, oh, I know Aldo. He's the guy who got you know KO by Connor you know, and not realizing that he has changed weight classes, is 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 actually fought since then and had some decent bouts and. Has looked, uh, you know, interesting at this new weight class. I should say maybe it hasn't gone perfectly how it, it should have, but uh, you know, we, nothing's ever perfect in this life, right? And uh, I mean, as far as this matchup, what a what a good fucking matchup, man! I I, I, I still can't get over. it. I remember I saw it and I was like, damn, that's a, that's a fucking good fight, man! And you know, two Brazilians too. Obviously, I'm sure the Brazilian crowd's gonna love that. And there's a decently sized Brazilian community out there in, in Texas uh, that uh, obviously always comes out to support. And uh, I'm sure they're going to have a lot of fun, man, with that. I'm sure they're going to really enjoy that. And uh, although, man, I mean, he, he is a fun guy still to matchmake with, man. I mean, he's still in pretty good age. Uh, obviously, we talked about how he looked in his last fight. Obviously, uh, you know, you mentioned the leg kicks. I talked about how there's been a, a somewhat reduction in the volume of it, but I've also mentioned how that could just be from just it, it, it hurts him more than it hurts his guy, or it just hurts him just as much, you know, just because. The body can't take it anymore. And, I mean, if he wins here, it's his 30th win, Josh. I, I was thinking about this not too long ago. I'm like, how, how far away, you know, before we kind of get into it, how far away do you think Jose Aldo is from retirement?
0: From retirement? Man, he's got to be, I mean, shit, I have no idea. Because he's been so, I don't want to say inconsistent, because that sounds like a bad thing, but he's very um, undecided on that. Because a lot of guys have, like, that pathway, you know what I mean? Like, where they're like, oh, I'll have this fight, I'll have that fight, and then I'll retire. But because Jose's so young, he's still... What, what did you just say? What was the number? Like, 33,
1: 34? 33, um, 34, something out there. Early. Yeah,
0: something along those lines. So he's very, very young. He was champ at, at, the, at the age of 23, dude. Like, it's pretty insane. But he's still not old. And he's still putting in amazing performances. He's clearly past his best, but even past his best, Jose Aldo, is still pretty damn good. Um, so as far as what he has left, it really just depends on how fights go from now on. Like, if I fully believe that, like, um, the fact that he put in so much work against peter jan and the fact that like he did really good against him probably has him thinking like damn i should probably stay around for a little bit longer and then he beat marlon Vera and it's like oh damn i could i can still beat a lot of these young bucks man so i have no idea where his go like where his career's gonna go it really just depends on how the fight on saturday goes
1: you know there's the thought about i'm like what if what if he were to retire tonight like this was his last fight like i, I was thinking about that because i'm like it, it can't be we can't be that far off you know that was kind mm-hmm. of my whole thing and be his 30th win if he is to win being you know obviously it's, i'm sure he'd, he'd like to fight in brazil again and and give a good show but uh yeah man, i was really wondering that because i'm like I'm, I'm sure maybe he he maybe does one more run or he tries to in his eyes and if it doesn't go i'd, I'd hope for his sake he'd be like you know something it's, it's probably a good time to hang it up my legacy is amazing i i i made a lot of money i was in a lot of great fights uh i've been a draw and i people love me my country loves me i I was just thinking about that lately because i'm like i'm I'm sure we're not far from it you know and Mm -hmm. we talked about uh these guys these these guys that have been around for a while these legends that that are kind of uh you know it's like they're they're kind of going away man i mean we only have a few of these guys left still around the ufc and some of them are long have been around a little too long and some of them uh we're going to miss a lot, and I'm sure Aldo's going to be one of those guys that we kind of look back and be like, damn, we we definitely are going to miss him a lot whenever that comes. And we're talking a lot here, like it's going to happen, but it was just something I kind of wanted to bring up because I'm like, I feel like we're not far off from it. Mm. Uh, I don't know.
0: It's it's weird because I think Jose has talked about retirement a lot, but he's never had a, like, a definitive answer. I think he said like years ago, back in like 2016, 2017, and along those lines where he's like, yeah, I got four more fights in the retirement, but I'm going to go to boxing. I'm going to box after MMA. Now that was like three or four years ago at this point, so I have no idea what his plan is, but I do think it depends on how he does. I think if he keeps on winning, he's gonna keep on staying. Um, but is it a realistic possibility that like if he goes out and gets mauled by Pedro Munoz, which I don't think is even a possibility of happening? Um, like I think Pedro could win, but I don't think he'll just dominate him. Then maybe, yeah, maybe he'll think about it. But I, even then, I think Jose's is a guy that like he's gonna want to have like a big retirement. I think he's one of those guys. He deserves it too.
1: Oh yeah, oh yeah, and I mean. You know to kind of get into it there because you already mentioned it a little bit, man. I mean, I'm I'm gonna pick Aldo, man. I mean, I I am I'm fully confident in this pick. Look, no no, obviously his opposition, great guy, good fighter. I mean, you know, I think he's he's, he's one of those names that I've seen. I'm like, yes, this could be a good fight. And I mean, he's been in a uh, his last couple of fights have been pretty good. If I remember, I'm trying to remember. It's, it, it, you know, so many I mean guys. So many people on this fucking roster, it's it's impossible for me to remember everybody, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in every fight, but uh, I think I think we're in it for a good fucking match. Is this gonna be fight of the night? Mm, I don't know. Could be maybe the runner up, maybe the third. Mm-hmm. Definitely up there for sure. But uh, I got Jose Aldo, man. I think I think he's gonna do it, man. Obviously, he's still Jose Aldo. He still has all those skills. He has all those abilities. It's just a different weight class with the weight change. He doesn't seem like it's affecting him in any negative capacity so far from what we see. Uh, obviously, I want to see the leg kicks again, man. I th- obviously, those leg kicks are a good thing. Uh, like I said, I I don't know if it's because of time and how his body's been affected by it, but uh, I want to see it again, man. And and obviously, the j- jiu-jitsu's there too, man. We know it's there, and Aldo's a hard guy to take down. Uh, he's not going to give up easily. I, I I know against his opposition, he's he's going to... Try to do everything he can and pull out his best skill set, but you need to recognize this is still fucking Jose Aldo, man. Nothing changes mm-hmm. in those in that capacity, for sure, man.
0: And I am I am also gonna go Jose Aldo. Um, is it Jose or Jose? Because I've heard it pronounced both ways.
1: I've heard both as
0: well. Yeah, let's let's go Jose for the sake of conversation. I'm also gonna go Jose Aldo, man. This is a guy that's I really think like hypothetically if he had not come back. After the Piotr Jan fight, I would have thought like, damn, that that could have been his swan song. You know what I mean? That could have mm-hmm. been, because like he lost, but like damn, like especially in hindsight, he did by far the best against Piotr Jan than anybody. I mean, Jimmy Rivera did really really good too, but even Jimmy Rivera still lost cleanly. Um, you know, I mean, he was winning those rounds up until he would get knocked down. It was really something crazy. Like I think he like he won every single round up until the last 15 seconds of each round, and then he got dropped every single round. Like it was something crazy. But regardless, he still lost that definitively. Um, Jose Aldo took one to two rounds. Um, he he brought in the leg kicks. I remember he knocked him down with a leg kick. Like he took his feet out from under him. Like it was the first know, time that. he's u- used leg kicks in forever. Marlon Vera he used utilized amazing body work, man. Like like he was. He's been Jose Aldo. Moving down to bantamweight, he's completely revitalized him, and he did it the right way, too. A lot of guys, whenever they move down in weight, they just decide, oh, yeah, I'm just going to cut a little bit more. Or when they move up in weight, I'm just not going to cut as much. Jose, hired a nutritionist, was like, yeah, I'm going to take two, three months to just get my body in right. I'm just going to get in good shape. I'm going to lose some muscle mass, but I'm going to go ahead and still be big for the division. And he, like, he hasn't even had an issue making weight either, which is pretty crazy. So That was the big I worry. That was the I big know.
1: Worry. People, uh, Josh, how do you feel? I actually want to mention this real quick. I'm sorry to cut you off right there because mm-hmm. you, you were just mentioning the weight cut stuff. But I remember, I, it's still now, I see a lot of people saying, he's dying. He looks like shit. I'm like, I mean, everybody who weight cuts looks like shit, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, uh, what what are kind of your thoughts on that? Because I, I remember, or, what was it, like, yesterday, the day before yesterday, I was on Twitter, and it was a picture of Aldo. Mm-hmm. Uh, like uh, a little bit right after his weight cut when he weighed in, and obviously the guys are at that point their peak dryness. And people were like, he looks like he's dying. Uh, he needs to, return. and I'm just like, what the fuck? Do you guys, have you guys not watched the sport? Like the man is dehydrated because he had to cut weight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I
0: didn't think. I remember the first time he cut weight against Marlon, he looked really rough. Since then, I feel like he's actually looked. Like he he doesn't look great, but no fighter looks great cutting weight. Like he he does not look oh yeah Overly terrible. Like I like I remember thinking it could just be that I'm used to it, but I remember the first time he fought, like whenever um he fought Marlon Moraes for the first time, I should say, because oh, he's fought two Marlins, but like um I should specify that the first time he cut down, I remember thinking, God damn, Jose looks like he's gonna die. Since then, I've never not I've not thought that he's looked that bad, honestly. Um, in, in this fight in particular, I do not think he looked bad at all, honestly.
1: And then you know those Brazilians have that tough old school weight cut where they do it like the week of where they go fucking hard or whatever.
0: Yeah. But look, we both got Jose. Uh, and moving on down, man. This is a card that's not great in terms of names, but it's for the hardcores, man. And this fight up next, it's it's amazing. Honestly, it's one of my, it's one of my most hyped up fights probably on the card. This might be like probably the fight I'm personally looking most forward to. Michael Chiesa. Vincente Luque, man. These are two guys um, that have really found their groove. Like, they've been in the UC for, like, a deceptively long time. Kies has been in the UC since 2012, which is pretty insane. It doesn't feel like that long. Uh, and then Vincente Luque has been in the UC since 2015. And neither one of those guys, it doesn't feel that long because it, they're just now hitting their stride. Um, Obviously, uh, you Kiesa, know, he started off down lightweight. He was kind of a middling guy. I mean, his, his best moment was probably beating Benil Daryush. Um, Jim Miller was a nice one as well. But after losing and just, you know, getting bodied by Anthony Pettis and then missing weight, he's like, all right, you know what, I'm gonna move up. And he moved up in spades, dude. Like he, he looks huge for the division. And he did it the right way. He packed on muscle. And he looks huge. He becond it, dominated him, dominated Diego. Um, he dominated Asanias and now Magni. I don't think he's lost a definitive round. Like, you can argue, like, he may have lost one to Magni. Like, just, even then it was a close, it was a coin flip. He's not definitively lost a round in his last four fights at Welterweight. Sign on Luque, man. Luque's a guy that's he's he's been... A gamer. He's a gamer. Like, honestly, he, he truly has been rising to the occasion. His only losses are to Michael Graves, who won the Ultimate Fighter, Leon Edwards, and Wonderboy. That's it. He's beaten Woodley, Nico Price twice, Randy Brown, Mike Perry, Brian Barbarana. Like, he's beaten some names, man. Bilal Muhammad was probably his best win. um, And he's finally hitting his stride. I feel like after he lost to Wonderboy, like, and he looked good before that. But, you know, I mean, the split decision against Mike Perry doesn't knock, you know, doesn't blow you away.
1: Fucking, ba- fucking fight, though, though. You know what I mean? Yeah, like,
0: I, I, well, I thought Mike won that fight as well.
1: Uh, you know, shut out, Mike.
0: Yeah, shut up, Mike. He beat Derek Krantz. But, like, most of his, his best wins, in my opinion, have come since the Wonderboy loss. He beat Nico Price in a banger, one of my favorite fights of the year. I mean, he beat him once before already, but that was not as entertaining. That was a submission. This is just back-and-forth war. He beat the shit out of Randy Brown. Randy Brown's been killing it lately. And then the Woodley fight, man. And Woodley, he he let his hands go. Finally, but you want to see Woodley let his hands go. And guess who won? It was not Simon Woodley. Woodley, he was one of the hardest hitters in MMA at Walter Waite, Luque, man, comes out on top, wins the war. And uh, now he's in a position where both these guys, ranked. I believe they're ranked number five and number six, or number six and number seven, I don't remember the exact order it goes in. Um, but they're now in the upper echelon of the division. A lot to talk about, man. Who you got in this fight?
1: I mean, Josh, I mean, you didn't even mention this. I mean, Vincente Luque, is, in his last ten fights, he's nine and one. Is, isn't that fucking insane? Mm-hmm with a what is it a 20 and 7 record and in his last 10 fights he's 9 and 1 granted you know you can say whatever about the competition but there's some good fucking guys in there and and those are all in the ufc Mm -hmm. i mean you got to give credit where credit is due man i mean not anybody could just achieve that and and especially in the fashion that he does it and multiple finishes multiple you know i think uh, like performance bonuses and, and and stuff in there definitely there has to be some in there through all the uh all those fights, man. I mean, he is a entertaining guy. I mean, he's your dark horse at, at welterweight, Josh. Do you remember this uh, when you told me about this guy? What was it, what is it like now? Two, two, maybe probably two years ago now. Probably, mm. probably the first year of the podcast you mentioned Vincente Lukey being your dark horse at welterweight. And look, mm. man, I'm gonna get into it a little bit here. I don't want to take anything away from Michael Cass. Dude, he's a he's an amazing guy. I think actually, like him as an individual is, was one of the good, like one of the best guys in the O.C. as far as a person. Nice dude great personality like i'm on commentary good fighter to top it off you know, he, you know if he if he, he can do the shits man he can back it up and uh obviously he was on tough he was on that season you know a very famous clip of him being on there receiving a, a phone call from home uh finding out that his father had passed away and staying on the show and then going on to beat what was an ally of quintana finals and win yeah. the show and this was and he was still at lightweight so this wasn't even the best version of michael Chiesa that we could have got at that time you know to top it off, I mean, there's there's a lot of factors into into it. You know, I I really want to establish who Michael Chiesa is before I get this into a little bit. And Vincent De Luca, man, even in him in his own right, I mean, he fought at a young age. I think he made his professional debut like at 16 or something. Like Valley Tudor was like being able to get fucking stomped in the head type shit. You know, back in Brazil. Mm-hmm. So you know, he's been around. He had his fair share of losses early on in his career, but hey, man, ever since then he's grown a lot, got a lot better. I mean, he he is a uh he's in this man for real and uh you know all these Brazilian guys man they always come out here and uh and fucking perform dude uh look for what it's worth man Michael Chiesa ever since he made the weight change and I you know I've talked about it a lot on the fucking podcast and Josh has mentioned it too a fair bit and we've we've raved about how good he looks how big he is how massive he is how how he's been mauling these dudes you know I I mean you know, from his wins, I mean, and and in comparison to Luque's, I'll be honest, Luque's wins at this weight class are a lot better. Granted, he's been, a lot, he's been at this weight class a lot longer than him, right? Mm-hmm. You know, Condit, okay. Yeah, at that time, Condit wasn't doing the greatest, but, you know, still a good win. You know, still a vet, still a guy who could make you work. Diego Sanchez, who, at that time, Diego Sanchez was uh, looking a little suspect, you know, with some of the <laughs> stuff going around him. But, you know, still still legend of the game, still Diego Sanchez in that cage, still fighting, right? Uh. And then I think now his his best wins, man, uh, RDA, which, you know, even then you can talk about that because, you know, RDA versus wrestlers. You know, I'm not going to get into it, but we know that. Still credit, though. It's still RDA. And now his best win, Neil Magny. Now he's been this even Vincente man. I like Luque a lot, man. He's a tough guy. And, you know, in that Woodley fight, when he got fucking cracked and he stayed in it, he has a certain level of calmness, man. Even though he gets into those fucking wars and it gets crazy, I feel like it's controlled chaos. To us, it might not seem like that, but I think the whole time he, he's like, okay, I need to recover. I need to, I know what I need to do. Like he knows what's going on. You know, I, I'll make a clear cut right now. Kiesa obviously his his way of the route and his winning. He definitely has the ground advantage, and obviously Luque has the hands and the and probably the power. And I'm not and I'm sure Kiesa had some power in there. We haven't seen it though, because his striking has, has been developing slowly. I think he if he fully developed striking, his his power could be just as a. Uh, just as good because i don't think uh we see him like output that a- as the best as he could but uh you know i i think as far as uh as far as this nightmare i'm, I'm gonna pick mcente luke man i think he's still the dark horse i think he he becomes 10 and no one is or that's ten i know but wins his last 10 fights with the one loss in there so i guess it'd be 10 and one at that point because it wouldn't be 10 straight
0: yeah and it's definitely it's definitely an interesting style clash because like you mentioned uh Chiesa probably mm-hmm. has the wrestling advantage, but it's not like Luque some slouch on the ground. Oh, and yeah. Lu- Luque has a clear stand-up advantage, for sure. Um, that being said, though, man, I'm actually going to say Marco Chiesa. I've been very... The wins, like you mentioned, Luque's wins are much better at the weight class, And I don't think it's inherently Chiesa's fault he fights who's in front of him. Oh, but yeah. I think the way that he's dispatching them, in my opinion, is more important than the names themselves. Because, um, I mean, like you mentioned, Condit, He's older, you know, Diego at that point, Diego was, I mean, right before that he had, he was coming off of one of the greatest wins in recent memory against Mickey Gall. He just completely mauled him after that. That's whenever he had Josh Fabia. So, uh, definitely not a good, good position for him to be in, but he can still completely maul them. And Diego is still, even with Joshua Fabia at his side, still a monster grappler. I mean, dude, dude, still phenomenal, right? Um, and RDA, like yeah, you know, RDA is not great against wrestlers, at least in recent memory. Um, and then the Magni win, like he's he's beating these guys. It's more important to me the fact that he's completely dominating him. Like you can argue that across those four fights, nobody took a round. And he obviously did finish the um, Condon fight. A one-handed Kimura and just completely dominating. Like it was just it was, it was great. He's been completely dominant to the point to where it's like yeah, Luke has the better wins, but man, he just he. He's beating these guys, these lower-tier guys. I mean, I don't think Magny's lower-tier. Magny's top seven, top ten. RDA's top six of lightweight right now. Um, but he's dispatching them in a way that, like, a champion would. He's not even making it close. I'm going to take Michael Chiesa, man. Um, I think this is going to be his big moment. I love me some Vincent Luke, I've hyped him up for years. I do think this is a bad matchup for him. I truly do. Um, but as far as it goes, that's, a, that's an amazing fight, though. And moving on down, man, we got a rematch. Tisha Torres, uh, what's what's her nickname? The Tiny Tornado. Uh, I like that. Uh, obviously ranked number ten in the Strawweight division, been one of the OGs, man. Ever since she was on the first Strawweight card, um, has surprisingly never had a title shot in her UFC career. But she's always been the person that they'll, like will throw against prospects to see how they'll do. She did, however, fight Angela Hill early, early on. Only her second fight in the UFC. Um, that was very, very early in Angela Hill's career. Uh, that was only her third fight in her career, actually. Um, since then, they both had an interesting pattern of fights. Obviously, Tisha pretty much maxed out near the top five of the division. Uh, she was one fight away from a title shot, where she fought just Gondraj. Then she lost to Ioana. Then she lost to Zhang Wei Li. Then she lost to Maria Rodriguez. But she's rebounded two wins in a row, including the first stoppage win of her career against Sam Hughes. Um, but Angela Hill, man. You can argue that Angela Hill should be five and zero in her last five fights. Oh yeah, and you—I mean, she honestly should be. I think she's won every single one of those fights. Um, obviously she—well, actually, I guess you could be last six. Actually, she won two of those fights. If he had knockout against Hannah Sivers and Ariana Klowzy, she outpointed Loma Lokenby. Then she had two split decisions against Michelle Watson and Claudia Gidea, where pretty much everybody thought that the fight actually went the other way. And then she's coming off a win over Ashley Yoder in March. Uh, very interesting rematch. Obviously, first time around, Tisha won via decision. Who do you got in this one?
1: You know, remember a few. What was it now? Like last month when we talked about a. Uh, um, you should take coming back and and you know women hitting their prime later on. I mm. think I think we might be seeing that with Angela Hill, Josh, because like you just said, you could make the argument that she won. She could be on a five and zero win streak right now. And can we bring up the fact that she fought five times in twenty twenty? She fought five mm-hmm. times in 2020. Or not? That- oh, was it five times? No, it was four times. Sorry, I, I threw one in there. It was still four times. Still crazy though. Four times in 2020. Uh, she could have fought five because she actually was scheduled to fight Tisha Torres in December. So she could have fought five times. Who knows what ended up happening there? It ended up falling through. Regardless though, even with COVID and all that, she still you know try to make fights. You know, try to get better, make her game better, and uh, I think. I think she does it this time man. Obviously I think she's grown. I mean what was that? Her second professional fight, third professional fight, yeah, something third. crazy. I mean in the Angela Hill she you know that was presented that night. Isn't the Angela Hill she's fighting today and let alone the the the, the this new version of her that's come out here. It look fucking good man. Obviously she she's you know obviously been robbed of arguably robbed I should say of her of her of the two fights she does have on record there are losses in recent time. I, I think she fucking gets it done this time man. I really do. She gets her win, she proves the people wrong, she shows them she's here, and she gets the victory that she's long-awaited.
0: Mm-hmm. For sure, man. And I am actually going to go ahead and go the same here, dude. I actually think you brought up a good point about Angel Hill. Like fighters, women fighters peaking later into the career, I think that's fully the case here. Um, she's just hitting her prime, like just, just now. Um, and to be fair, it's not even a case of her necessarily hitting her prime. It's like she was very, very young to really start with. Um, and didn't have a whole lot of experience, but ever she got into the UFC, but then her Invicta run really did a lot for her, actually allowing her to develop, finally getting that time. Um, but as far as it goes, man, I'm gonna go ahead and take Angela Hill as well. I think she's been she's been beating like a lot of the lower tier of the division, right? Like she, but she's never really, and this is something that you maybe push back against. I'm not sure how you feel. She's we know how good she is, but she's never gotten the signature win. You know what I mean? Like she's she's. She game. should have
1: it though, cause that should she be Claudia and Michelle Waterson.
0: Yeah, she she should have won both those fights, um, but she didn't. She got a bad judging decision. It, it happened to the sport. I feel like this is gonna be your big moment, dude. Like Tisha Torres, I believe she's technically she's only like a spot or two in front of her, right? Um, but at the same time, Tisha's been around in the game for a long time. She is uh, been near the top five, like I said, she's been close to the title a lot. I think this is going to be her big definitive win. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and take Angela Hill, man. But as far as the main card opener goes, this one, another interesting fight. This this card, like I said, man, not for the not for the casuals, but a lot of hardcores are going to love this one. A lot of good names, a lot of close fights. Casey Kenny Song Yudong opening it up. Um, obviously, both these guys, both on the outskirts of the rankings, just barely um but who do you got in this battle of the prospects both of these fighters i mean casey kenny's i believe he just turned 30 but still relatively both, both two relatively young guys
1: i mean good matchmaking right obviously both these guys are coming off losses they both need to get a win here obviously obviously trying to get the guys who are uh ranked who have both losses try to you know get them to fight each other and kind of get back on that win column and obviously continuing the continuing them having fighting another guy who's ranked as well, to obviously continue the natural progression of it. And, uh, Hey man, you know, uh, I mean, that last Casey Kenny fight, I mean, he fought Dom Cruz after that. I know he took uh, a month off, just no fighting, no, nothing, just no working out, just keeping himself kind of like resetting and then kind of got back into fight ship and then got ready into the, and got straight into this fight camp. I mean, he took that, he took the way he should have. I mean, he's fighting a guy who's, uh, fights at range, uh, you know, pretty lengthy, good striking, uh, can get real wild, too, at, at times. And, you know, Casey Kenney's one of those guys who is, is is a good prospect, man. I mean, he has the capabilities to, to be able to be successful at this weight class, except that he ran to fucking Dom Cruz, man, which for pretty much any young fighter or any person who is coming up in this division who is on the lower end, terrible fucking matchup for you. I mean, you're talking about the guy who is developed his game over years to find success and, and and not just with his weight class but other weight classes as well obviously he didn't fight a lot in those other weight classes i think he has two, two bats on 145 and two bats on 155 fun fact of the day josh in case if you didn't know and uh <laughs> and i mean that movement he developed his IQ is was fucking insane i mean his com. i mean he's to be on commentary this week uh, no juror rogan i know right but oh, hey yeah. man as far as commentary I mean, he's probably one of my other favorite guys. I love Dom Cruz's breakdowns. His knowledge of the game is ridiculous. And uh, like I said, I think Casey can just run into the wrong guy. I think he gets it done here, though. Uh, I think he just needs to fight the kind of fight he needs to fight and and, uh, not fight into the kind of fight his opponent is trying to fight. I felt that in that Dom Cruz fight, he never himself decided, I'm going to dictate this fight ever. And granted, though, you're dealing against Tom Cruz, who is the guy who's going to come out here and always want to dictate the fight. And obviously, that's what every fighter should do. But Tom Cruz is especially good at that.
0: Mm. Yeah, you make a uh, you make a good point, man. And I actually thought he it's very rare to see. I actually thought he dealt with Dominic Cruz's movement pretty well. I thought Cruz obviously won, and he did win in the eyes of the judges. But I thought he did a pretty good job at actually cutting off the cage. Um, avoiding a lot of cruiser shots he had pretty good head movement for that one uh and that was really his first fighting in sort of the upper echelon of the division and i thought he did really well um he didn't obviously win but you know what i'm saying uh and then song you man i'm pretty high on this kid right um but i've been progressively getting lower on him when he started to face these these top guys because he came in i think he was 20 21 when he made his debut Obviously he's being trained by Uriah, like he's he's coming out of a great camp. Um, but then like we see him start fighting this upper echelon the division, not even the upper echelon guys like Casey Kenny, top 15, maybe outside the top 15, and he's he struggled, man. I thought he should have lost against Cody Saman. I thought the Marlon Vera fight was very very close, but most people thought Marlon won it. I thought it was I thought it was fine decision either way. Um, and then he clearly lost to Kyler Phillips. I feel like he started to hit a tr- hit a wall um and part of that is that he's very young he's 23
1: it's great stuff's gonna
0: happen um but i do think like maybe it's it's too much too soon i case casey kenny's not ranked i think he should be uh, and i'm gonna take casey kenny in this one um but as far as the rest of the card goes man very very fun undercard what are some of the fights you want to go and highlight
1: i mean let me see i mean right below it man i mean the last card that prelims rafael of this is bobby green i mean what a fucking banger right i mean if rafael wins this i mean does he get a ranked opponent next josh do you think he should should, i think he should have already had one you think you already should have had one really
0: i mean like i think this should be a ranked fight like he should be fighting somebody ranked but also at the same time i i get why he didn't because it's such a top heavy division
1: i mean let's look at his last three wins i mean alex white Mark casey and that's now he's fighting Bobby Green. I feel like the natural progression is that next he should have a ranked opponent. I feel like they're on the right trend. And he's 28 years old. He's still young.
0: Yeah, I'm not going to bitch about it. I just, I just, Play mean, age. like, the Hanato win was good enough for me. Is, is, yeah. That's all my point.
1: <laughs> okay, okay. Well, and, uh, I mean, let's keep making our way down Ricardo a little bit. Ed Herman, Josh. Ed Herman is still fucking fighting. Can you believe it? <laughs> um, What a fucking terrible matchup, right? Against Alonzo Menfield. <laughs> I mean, uh, do you agree with me on that a little bit? I do, but
0: I don't. I think this is a fight that's its a bad matchup just because Alonzo's so explosive. But Ed Herman, man...
1: I mean, he's, he's still here, bad. right? He's still he's here, still yeah. Here.
0: He, he's still here. Like, and Alonzo's a guy that's still very, very young, so he's still prone to make a lot of mistakes. You're so right. I i could see this one going either way, honestly.
1: Hey, man, but he got the big win over at last minute replacement against Fabio Sharan. He got that long flu choke, which
0: I did not fucking
1: expect that. Uh...
0: OSP passed it on to him, bro. That's what he means. Like, yeah,
1: that, that's the whole meme. Well, yeah, I forget his fucking counter left hook by fucking OSP. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Fair that's enough. how that goes. That, that's how it goes. And, we, and Josh, we can continuously keep making our way down this card because this is how good this card is. Carolina Kovalkiewicz back. It was re- against Jessica Panay, Josh. Uh, what are kind of your general thoughts on this? I feel I can't even remember the last time I saw Carolina fight. What the fuck?
0: Yeah, it's been a minute since Carolina fought, and I remember her last fight was just a complete mauling. Um, she fought Yang Xiaonan with her last oh, fight. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. That was no. complete and utter mauling.
1: Yeah, so she's on a four-fight losing streak. She loses this here, She gets cut, right, Josh? Like, probably. Unfortunately so, yeah. Yeah, that, that really sucks with her. But I put her in there with a veteran, so I think they're kind of like not giving her a chance, but giving her an opportunity to, like, see if she can get back on that win column. Uh coming Mene, she got that she got that win against Lupita Gudinas. uh was it earlier this year. Yeah. Prior to that she was also on a was on a three fight losing streak, almost a four fight. So who knows if they already had in mind to get this in case if she did lose that fight and they were gonna both be going on four losing mm-hmm. going into this one. I don't know if they already had that kinda set on their mind going into this. But yes, yeah, some interesting matchmaking there. Uh, obviously must-win for her, and obviously, I mean, must-win for both of them. Obviously, they're not both in terribly great spots, either.
0: Mm-hmm. For sure. Especially more Carolina, though, because Jessica Binet, I think, I mean, she got a lot of leeway with that win, because that was a great fight, and it was also a great comeback win. I mean, to come back from four years back and, and get that win, that was insane. So, um, I think she has a little bit longer relief, but yeah, Carolina loses, she's done. Which sucks, but it is what it is. But and speaking of guys who may potentially be done, which comes out of nowhere, I think this is probably, I mean, there's other fights we can highlight, but this is one that, like, man, man- Manal Kap, man, Cape, I'm not sure entirely how you pronounce his name, still, but this is a guy who, coming off of Ryzen, Man, he looked so damn good. Now he's lost two fights in a row, he's taking on a really tough guy in Ode Osborne, and he just missed weight by four pounds. Yeah, not a good. If he road. loses, he's done, right?
1: I mean, he probably get cut, but I'm sure he get picked up by some organization that's well, big. Yeah, but you know, you know what I'm trying to say. Like <laughs> in terms of like, okay. well, let me tell you this. He, I do think he should have won his last fight. Granted, though, it goes back to the issue that we had in his original fight, where we said uh, his only issue was not having the fucking output. And in that mm-hmm. fight that he should have won, if he would have just put a little bit more out, he would have had that victory, and he would, and it would have been, he would have been in a good spot here, man. He would have finally been one and one. And he comes out here, and misses weight. I mean, it, it it it's a really shit scenario for him, and I mean, I think he can win it. He should win it. Hopefully, for his sake, obviously. Uh, you know, obviously, no no disrespect to the Osborne, but uh, you know, I mean, both both guys, you know, they're both in need of a win more Manel than anything, obviously, because of his situation and missing weight, obviously, not good already for forfeiting a percentage of his purse. And like you said, he had a lot of fight coming into this uh, coming into the UFC. There was a lot of people within the UFC who had a lot of hype of him. He comes in and, and has kind of been lacking, but I think he should he should be able to find some success, man. I mean, he really should come out here and get this victory. I mean, if if I'm his coaches, if I'm his, if I'm a as a manager and, and and anybody around him, you know, I, I need to, you know, you kind of want to make him realize what's at stake here, because yeah, if he does lose it'd be a third one, and he'd be like, well, I miss weight, but at the same time, it's kind of like the fashion in which they have gone, where he could have won his fights has not been great either because if he was going out here putting it as well, making it fucking crazy good fights you know probably never die put it all out there you know mm-hmm. and, and and doing all that and, and it seemed like he was working hard for it then we you know we could give him some leeway but it's just a matter of fact that he he hasn't given us what he is capable of at this point for sure, and
0: and that sucks because you can see that he has so much potential, and you even see him when he actually decided to let his hands go. I mean, look, Ryzen is not doesn't have the same talent level of the UFC, but look, Kameda Mizugaki, great guy, Kai Isakura, great guy. Like he has some Ian McCall, great guy. Like there's there's other names that he's like fought and he's beaten, where it's like oh damn, like yeah, this and he gave uh, Koji uh, Horiguchi a great fight back in 2017 shadow loss but you know still it was a great fight um so on and so forth man to the point where it's like it just it's so disappointing because he has so much potential he's just not showing it but as far as the rest of the card goes man are there any other fights you want to go and break down before we close out
1: uh not personally any other ones that i want to highlight at this time
0: all right fair enough man well look one last thing before we go i want to talk to you guys about dopey uh, always a great sponsor to the show is always serving up nostalgia with every scoop and curating moments of self-love. Dopey burst onto the dessert scene in 2017, has served more than 250,000 cookie dough lovers. Become of one of those, become one of those 100, excuse me, become one of the 250,000 cookie dough lovers and get yourself some cookie dough. Get 10% off your order by using the code SOUND off at checkout. You can bake it, you can eat it raw, it doesn't matter. Dopey, amazing sponsor to the show, as well as Rogue Energy. Go ahead and shout them out as well. These use code sound off for them as well for 10% off once again. That being said, hope you guys enjoyed the show this week. Put a lot of work into it as always. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Um that's you know, as far as plugs, at Josh Sheminoff on Twitter at angel takeout underscore 01 at quartzide sound one for all information about the show. That's all we got. Peace and Bud grease. Mouse click.